Greetings, friends. Welcome back for another episode of the Rocky River United Methodist Church podcast. Uh, Stephen, say hi, Stephen. Hi. Hi, Stephen. <laughs> is with us. Uh, Stephen is our, our director of youth ministries at the church. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm uh, speaking as if we have some new folks with us. So welcome, new folks, if you're out there. Uh, it's, it's good to uh, share this podcast with you. Uh, Stephen and I have been doing this for pushing oh, uh, yeah. what nine, ten, eleven months. Probably going on. A, I think it'll be a year in March. A year right? in March because it was Lent. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was Lent. Lent when we started. It's Lent yeah. now, yeah. Uh, so it has to be uh, pretty near a year right. and oh, yeah. uh, still going strong. Uh, it, we we always get excited more so <laughs> than we want to admit when we get some feedback and, and hear from right. you folks that are, are listening in and. Uh, we really appreciate your support and hope you continue to appreciate the opportunity to tune in and, and uh, dabble in some new topic, no, uh, new area of your, your faith, or uh, as, as is often the case, get to know some of the folks of, of our church, uh, some of the, the leaders from our church as we do those occasional interviews here and there. Yeah. Uh, right now, we are in the midst of our Lenten season uh, podcast series. And this year we've decided to focus on the spiritual disciplines. Uh, spiritual disciplines is a, it's a biblical concept and a, a Christian concept uh, referring to the ways that we as Christians uh, strengthen ourselves and um, just kind of polish our, our, uh, our efforts and, and um, our Christian life uh, day in and day out with the, the stuff that often gets overlooked, the little stuff um, that contributes to our overall health as a, a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, a couple of notes about Christian uh, disciplines and spiritual disciplines. And uh, as Stephen mentioned last week, uh, a lot of our material, because uh, Stephen and I discovered we both love this book and it's about spiritual disciplines, so why not, uh, are coming from a book by Richard Foster uh, called Celebration of Discipline. And the opening sentence to his book reads like this. He says, Superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. Hmm. So I think that's a uh, uh, profound, that's a pretty deep that's statement. A, yeah, I could put that on a bumper sticker, right? You could. For your whole you bumper. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to have a really big bumper. <laughs> or, or people would have to get really yeah, close. You'd be right. getting rear-ended a lot, <laughs> right, Stephen. That's true. Um, but uh, the, the concept being that um, so much of the spiritual life is uh, what happens day to day, how uh, we develop healthy uh, habits of interacting with God and the people around us and the world around us. And so much of that gets gets missed if if you uh, perceive your faith to just be something that you live out by uh, showing up for church on Sunday or even uh, popping in for a different ministry or activity here or there. Uh, so much of it begins with um, how we live our faith on a day-to-day and, and, in fact, minute-by-minute uh, basis. Uh, a few things about spiritual disciplines coming once again from Foster's book. He he says that uh, they're not just for uh, recluses and, and, and spiritual giants. Therefore, the average uh, person, so all of us, can be healthy in the spiritual disciplines. They call us to move beyond surface living uh, to the inner caverns of the spiritual realms. Uh, it's not about sucking the joy out of life, he says, rather to liberate us from stifling slavery to self-interest and fear. 
Spiritual disciplines open doors to our inner self that are otherwise tightly closed by ingrained habits. Um, so just some uh, some words from Foster on the disciplines, and, and he's done a lot of research. He knows what he's talking about. Um, and and uh, these are concepts that really should be discussed and, and uh, covered a lot more thoroughly in the church uh, a lot more often. And uh, I'm glad we're taking time to dive into them in this uh, Lenten series. Uh, two things that Foster says we need to be able to overcome if we're going to get good at this. First is we need to overcome the doubt that we can indeed reach beyond the physical world, uh, that there's more uh, to life than just our interaction with material things, uh, that, that we can go deeper in ourselves and in community um, and, and in engaging the world in general than uh, the, the surface level and, and what meets the eye. Number two that we need to overcome is uh, our lack of awareness of how to accomplish this, how to go beyond the physical world. Um, and we need to, to tackle both of those, and, and we hope that uh, that'll happen as we go through this process. So we'll become better equipped uh, to do those two things, um, overcome the doubt that we can, in fact, do this, and, and kind of the how-to, how to go about um, seeing that happen. Our, our focus for the first couple of weeks of this series has been on the uh, what, what Foster calls the inward spiritual disciplines. Um, and uh, his opening sentence to this portion of the book, uh, Foster says, In contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. Noise, hurry, and crowds. And uh, Man, is he right on. So he says, if we hope to evade uh, Satan's grasp, then we must learn to evade these things. Noise, hurry, and crowds. Evade the superficialities of our culture. We must learn to go deep into the inner world of contemplation. Contemplation. So uh, we're, we're going deep. We're going internal. Um, we're going into our our very selves. Um, and I'm starting to scare myself the way I'm talking here, because <laughs> uh, this is this is a foreign territory. It's it's uh, unusual concept for a lot of us, uh, but it's so essential to the Christian life. And our topic this week, uh, spiritual discipline we're, we're tackling, is meditation. Meditation, and that is right at the top of, of the list of the spiritual disciplines that I am personally uh, probably unfamiliar with and uncomfortable with. Um, and so this was a really important week for me to dive into this and, and get a, a grasp for what it's all about and what the experience is like. Uh, but we're going to let Stephen take us through uh, some some facts and uh, just a general wisdom about what meditation looks like and, and uh, how we need to engage it in our regular lives. Yeah, so uh, meditation really kind of it really goes along with Paul just described it. The book described that overcoming doubt um, to overcome the physical world and the lack of awareness of um, learning more about how can we um, connect with the Lord on a deeper level than just the physical. And this is to say that um, also too we don't want to think of the spiritual disciplines as some so euphoria mystical magic or something like that. It's not like that. Um, it's much more practical, much more to the ground. Um, but it is an uh, opening us up to understanding that we live in a world that um, God does exist and that God exists in a way that um, we don't see physically, but he is definitely there and he's definitely present. And spiritual disciplines helps us to connect to God on a deeper level. Um, and what you do also realize, realize too, is that connecting God on a spiritual level has concrete physical um, effects and, and effects in our day-to-day -day lives. 
But anyways, on Christian meditation, um, we're going to be looking at this, and I kind of give a, a brief overview, and then Paul has a little bit more that he'll add, and um, and then we'll explain kind of how we both did meditation um, separately, and we'll kind of talk about that experience um, with you all as well. Um, so Christian meditation is is simply hearing God's voice and, and obeying His Word. Um, it's, a, it's a sitting in God's presence and thinking deeply on God. Um, so meditation is, is, is really, it's taking a deep focus, almost like, for example, meditation could be on one verse or one passage that you sit there and you think deeply using also your imagination and your mind to really um, delve um, into each word, into each passage. Um, and getting more than just a surface level sort of reading. Um, and when it comes to meditation, we always, sometimes this word gets a bad rep because it gets connected to Eastern meditation. And there's a big difference between Christian meditation and Eastern meditation. Um, Eastern meditation, which is kind of like, which you connect, connect to some New Age stuff, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, some spiritual kind of, I don't know, guru-ish stuff, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, Eastern meditation is, is more about, it's all about emptying yourself and being detached. Um, and when you look at also Eastern religions, it's kind of a, you're trying to detach from the world around you because it's an illusion and you're trying to connect to the God that is really the way to describe God is kind of like an ocean and you become a drop in the ocean. and a really detachment of yourself and emptying of yourself or um, and where Christian meditation is <laughs> is completely the opposite um, Christian meditation is about filling ourselves with the Lord filling ourselves with the Spirit filling ourselves with his word and then attaching ourselves to him um, attaching ourselves to the Lord so that he can have the influence on our lives um, and the meditation, again, is it's looking at Scripture and filling our minds with it in, and in a way that's internalizing Scripture, in a way that's personalizing Scripture. Um, so it's, it's, again, more than just going on a Sunday and hearing the minister. It's more than just uh, reading through a quick devotion in five minutes. It's, it's kind of sitting in the text for, uh, you know, for a duration of time that we— maybe 25 minutes 20 minutes i mean there's no strict rule um but in a way that you get more from the text than just um a quick reading of it um and as i said earlier meditation can have deeply profound um effects uh, physical effects in a way is because and we'll talk about later um but meditation it, it takes some time of decluttering our mind decluttering our thoughts so that we can be focused um, solely on the Lord and on His Word, and um, as the definition I gave earlier, it's hearing God's voice and then obeying His Word, um, and then sitting in His presence. So that's kind of just a brief, brief overview of um, meditation, and I think Paul also has some things he wants to add to that. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Uh, Stephen and I are pulling from the same book, so um, right. so that we can kind of know where each of us are coming from. Exactly. Um, but uh, just some some. Uh, ways to kind of hone in a little bit more on uh, some of the concepts he already threw out there. <clears throat> First of all, my my 
perceptions of meditation. Uh, you know, I said from the beginning this was a, a discipline that I wasn't uh, particularly comfortable with or adept at, and uh, I wasn't kidding. I, I, I think um, much of my life, you know, I, I would hear the word meditation, and I would assume that this is like something that's anti-Christian, <laughs> right? You, you talked about how it's often yeah. associated with Eastern religions and, and New Age uh, stuff. And, um, you know, well, when I hear meditation, I think of levitation or something like (laughs) some sort of really weird, you know, out there sort of thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, like you were saying, it's, it's, uh, in in Eastern thought, it's kind of an emptying of oneself and uh, like a losing of oneself and allowing yours, your, body or your mind to be um to to be completely vacant and uh in that sense it it can be uh something that i I would feel could be dangerous um and uh which is what breeds some of the misperceptions about meditation amongst christians that you know meditation is a form of manipulation it's a way that people try and get you to to um, see the world in a a different way by uh just you know being willing to go out into the cyberspace and and uh engage with uh, things and thoughts and feelings that you never uh thought that you would so I, I've always kind of been a little uncomfortable with it, but it's it's been you know later in life I've uh, encountered this uh, this reality that meditation can apply to our Christian faith. Uh, how about that? That it, it's actually a healthy thing. It's a biblical thing. Uh, there are many people in in the Bible that meditated, including Jesus himself, um, during his his times away from the crowds and such. Uh, but um, uh, meditation, as, as, as Stephen was saying, is something that uh, can in, not infiltrate, but kind of uh, uh, help us um, in our entire lives is in a physical sense, a spiritual sense, mental, emotional sense. And, and the description that I found from Foster that, that feeds into that, he talks about uh, meditation as a way to allow Jesus, allow God to continue to teach you beyond um, what you see around you and what you experience in, in God's Word. By meditating, uh, you take it a step further and you allow space. You allow space for the Holy Spirit to come into uh, your mind and your heart. And while dwelling on maybe something you just read in the Bible or something that you're, you're looking at in nature or uh, something that you even maybe just read in the newspaper, by allowing the, the Holy Spirit to enter this space that you've created to process and reflect on uh, this topic or this concept that's in front of you, God continues to speak to you uh, above and beyond what what he provides you, even directly in his word, speak to you uh, his truth and his insights through his Holy Spirit because you've allowed the space for this to happen. And this is why, you know, these inward spiritual disciplines are so important um, because so often we don't allow the space and we don't have these habits in place in our lives and so we never get to process anything. We never really dwell on anything that's going on inside us or, or allow God to speak into our lives. And, you know, as we were talking about meditation, learning about it, um, one of my early struggles was always, how is it really different than prayer? You know, how is this different than prayer? 
Um, and I, I think what I've come to accept is that so many of these spiritual disciplines overlap. Uh, they, they are kind of different uh, approaches to the same ultimate concept or end right. goal. You know, prayer I, I see as the, the actual um, interaction between us and God. Meditation is almost a reflection upon right. that interaction. Right. Or I think, yeah, I think prayer is almost like a communication, active communication, where meditation is... Um, it's almost allowing the Lord just to speak and you just listen. It's much more of a contemplative um, sort of process, which, again, which I was thinking about what you were saying earlier, Paul. I think for someone like me, I'm an introvert, <laughs> so it's like mm-hmm. not that it comes easy, but I'm much more like, yeah, I love to be alone and take long walks in the woods and take photos and stuff, which is kind of like a meditation-ish process. But someone who's more extroverted, someone has to be around more people, it could be harder um, to settle down and and to be alone. And and also, too, sometimes it can be different locations. Some people can feel meditative in, like, a coffee shop. Or, like, for me, I'm like, there's just too many people because I'm more of an introvert and I need to be out, like, in the woods (laughs) somewhere alone. But, yeah, you can be in multiple different places. But I think prayer is definitely more of a, a... communication of praying to the Lord, you communicating and then listening to him back. But I think meditation is is much more of a one way sort of listening and yeah, I, I think that's a great way to describe it. It's really an emphasis on the, the listening piece, uh, which is a challenge for some of us. You talked about how maybe different personalities might experience it a little yeah. bit differently. Somebody who uh, likes to, to verbalize things a lot and uh, likes to, to always be actively um, pouring into somebody or something or engaging something, it might be tough to sit back and just allow instead God to pour into you and just receive, just listen and process what he's providing. Uh, so that whole introvert-extrovert thing plays a role here. And I get another twist on that that I'll come back to when we share our experiences because it, it even, to, for me, is is more complex than that. More, There's more to it than that uh, that I, I discovered this week as I, I tested this out. Uh, but more about just uh, meditation in, in general. I think one of the things I read in a book that was so profound to me um, as, as Stephen shared about how meditation can really transform your life uh, physically, mentally, uh, change who you are. This this notion that as we create space through meditation for Jesus to continue to pour into us, we kind of uh, we develop this internal um, space in in ourselves, this inner sanctuary where it becomes habitual. Like every day, because we've been intentional about it, God. Can can continue to pour into us and kind of drop his revelations, his his messages for us in this inner sanctuary that we've developed um, just by by asking him to, just by creating space for it on a regular basis. And then as this inner sanctuary continues to be filled day in and day out with these engagements between you and God and mostly God delivering um, to, upon you his revelations, his his thoughts, his feelings, his, his ideas, uh, ultimately that 
having become a part of you, it changes you. That inner sanctuary actually begins to meld into your personality, into your interactions with people, and that meditation gives you uh, ultimately a, a greater sense of peace, a greater sense of maybe a greater wisdom for what right. God would have you do in, in any given moment. Uh, so meditate, I don't know if I described it right, but Foster does a much better job if you grab yeah, the book. So, yeah, I got kind of got a quote that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, I love this quote where he talks about how meditation is deeply practical. He says in the book, he says, often meditation will yield insights that are deeply practical, most mundane. Instruction will come on how to relate to your wife or your husband or how to deal with this sensitive problem or that business solution. Um, he says, so he's saying that meditation can help us really deal with practical day-to-day -day, um, life situations. And, and that's one thing I think when we think of spiritual disciplines, we got to, sometimes we think like, oh, we're, I'm going to exit the world and have this euphoria experience and then come back to the world and not really have anything to give to it. But I think it's the exact opposite. It's, it's a, and, and it goes along to what Paul had said earlier, too. We, the enemy for us is busyness mm -hmm. and hurry and crowd, where it's like, if I'm going to sit and meditate, I'm not, I'm not. We have that f initial feeling, which I guess we'll share earlier or later about how we felt. But you have that initial feeling like, I got to do something. I need to be moving. I got to be doing something with my hands. I got to, you have that almost that twitchiness of like, I got to be busy, where meditation is a slowing down in order that you can be better prepared when busyness hits, so that you're mm -hmm. more equipped to handle the busyness in a way that is more calming and soothing and helps you, again, practically get through something that uh, meditation helps bring that about. So. Yeah, yeah, it it does. It changes you, and uh, you know I've seen this portrayed in in movies and and in books and such. Um, and you may even know you know you see somebody in life uh, in your life, your day to day life, and you look at them and you say, "Wow, that person uh, really has it together. They're able to stay so so calm, cool, and collected. They they have such wisdom, some such insight, you know." And and I, obviously, it's not always going to be the case, but I have to imagine sometimes it's because those folks have have found a way through meditation, uh, prayer, solitude, some of these other disciplines right. uh, to, to create this inner sanctuary that is, um, is fueling them to live a healthier life when they do go out into the, the chaos of the world right. um, or even deal with you know silly things like family drama or workplace drama or, or uh, rush hour traffic. You know, they, they are a healthier person on the inside because they've uh, created space for these spiritual disciplines. Um, another concept I discovered from Foster, he talked about uh, Western Western culture, Western thought versus Eastern thought. And he said one of the things basically that, that the church um, in the West has created and, and nurtured is this notion that uh, we as, as individuals need a mediator to interact with God. And, you know, I, I don't intend this to be a Catholic versus a Protestant thing, even though that's partly where my mind goes. That, <laughs> you know, the, the Catholic Church has, has so often emphasized this need for um, some sort of a, an expert or, or a professional or somebody who can mediate uh, Protestant 
assistants have at least in principle said that this isn't this isn't necessary but our our culture I think in so many ways and our church culture still um, reinforces the notion that it is like uh, people come and sit in the pews on Sunday and and they feel like they can only interact with God if if the praise team uh, sets them up for it or the pastor sets it up for it and mm-hmm. the kids can only do so if if the you know Sunday school teachers are on point or you know or you got the right podcast to feed into you or the the right uh, you know book that you're reading and you know I think people are maybe out of practice or maybe even unfamiliar with the concept um, in in practice not just in in word but in practice of of truly interacting with God basically meditation prayer you know we're, we're dropping the ball that's kind of where I'm at with it mm-hmm. and I think Foster's got a point here that we set people up for failure because we don't encourage them to really um, live this stuff out and make it a, a, a legit part of their day to day so that was that was to, uh, profound for me yeah um, he talks, he, he gets into uh, ways to meditate, different forms of meditation, and uh, I don't know if we want to put a, a ton of time into that. Any thoughts, uh, Stephen? Yeah, um, yeah, we could talk um, briefly before we explain our experience, but I mean, there was one where it was like hands down, so if you're meditating, he, he talked a little bit about posture, so, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, think, I do think there's some truth to posture, how your posture is affects how your thinking is. Um, because you just imagine if you're praying on your knees, you're just, it's a, more of a symbol of humility than if you're praying in some other stances. But it's, I don't know, I, I do think posture plays a lot into it. Just imagine when you're, practically speaking, if you're doing an interview and the person is slouched in the chair chewing gum and you're just like it looks like you don't want to be here and the person's like i do want to be here but it's like you don't look like you want to be so like yep. there's definitely connection between a posture and uh and your mind and, and spirit um he talks a little bit about that but he also talks about some other kind of lessons of like if you have your palms down you're that's a way of letting go of things and then having your palm up is a way of receiving things from god um that was one of them uh, yeah, a quick aside on the posture before you, before yeah. you leave that point. Uh, this is a this is a Zoom story, so if you're t- if you're sick of hearing oh, about Zoom, tune out. But uh, so I was on the the uh, Zoom Rivermen study last night, and you know how on Zoom you see way more of yourself than you ever really wanted to see. Like I I much prefer sitting across the table and being able to look at other people and not having to be constantly aware of how I appear to to other people, but so I'm in, on the Zoom uh, uh, study, and I'm sitting on my couch just holding my phone in front of me, and I was just, uh, I kept uh, getting distracted because I would, you know, look at my picture on the Zoom call, and it just looked like <laughs> I was all slouched back. It looked like I had just woken up from a nap, and I kept trying to, like, sit up straight, yet my, my couch cushions must sink to the floor or something because it kept looking like I was I was just kicking back, relaxing, and I was like, I don't, I don't want these guys to think that I'm not engaged. Like, I don't care about the study, so I couldn't find the right posture to to demonstrate that um, because posture does mean something. How you prepare yourself and position yourself means something in in worship. Um, There's a reason, you know, that that we don't have recliners in the in the sanctuary Beacon Hall, you know. So posture is is huge. Um, It doesn't it doesn't mean everything. I mean, you can't get everything from posture, but it does have significance to it. Yeah, it just it's setting yourself up for failure for success, right? And and the work is still yet to be done. 
fun, but it, it can set you up uh, for, for success for exactly. sure. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so those are some good points on preparing to meditate, some different, uh, just to get into the, the nuts and bolts of it. Um, the uh, the time of day, I think, is, is truly up to you. But I yeah. think for me, like I either be very beginning or very end of my day or else yeah. if I try and squeeze it in between something, I'm, I'm uh, you right. know, helpless. I No way I can stay focused. Um, and just a, a consistency. I don't think yep. it can be something you try once and come back to in six months. Um, you got to <laughs> be serious about it. You know, location, you know, quiet, free of distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, nice scenery is a bonus, but, you know, it's yeah. not always available to you. Again, that's kind of a personal thing, too. Like, I know a lot of people who love the study. And, again, like I said earlier, like coffee shops or busy yeah. settings. Because it's almost, when you think about it, when a place gets so busy, it's almost like you're invisible because there's just so many people. Right. So there's almost a sense of alone-ish a little bit. And then some people need, like, white noise in the right, background, right? right? Like, right. when I walk into Steven's office, he's always got some, <laughs> got like, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack oh, playing. Or <laughs> it's more usually, like, jazzy. Um, complem- I can't even say the right word. Con- right contemporary? Contemporary-ish. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soundtrack-ish. Yeah, yeah he's kind of all over the place. But it's right. usually instrumental. Right, yeah. instrumental. Yeah, stuff. so some people, but uh, for meditation, it's got to be whatever works for you. I don't think there's right. any rule about it, and I think that's kind of the point. Uh, different forms of meditation or, or things that you can meditate upon. Obviously, there's, there's scripture, and there's so many ways to do this. Um, uh, I once was taught, maybe by a professor, who knows, but uh, about a form of prayer in which you place yourself in the story. Reverend Dan was even kind of in, uh, referencing this in his sermon the other day. But uh, you place yourself in the story and, and you mm-hmm. try and um, engage all five senses and what would I be hearing and smelling and right. tasting if I was there. I think meditation uh, would, would lend itself well yeah. to that as well. Or just a, a, a very small phrase from Scripture. I, I think the key is don't right. bite off more than you can chew. You know, right. small uh, sections or, or single verses at a time. Uh, it's not You're not there to... Uh, to study and and really immerse yourself in the the uh, a large story or, or concept that's it's to really hone in on smaller chunks yeah you're not it's not, not all about the technicalities per se but I love right. the match because he talks about imagination a lot but imagining yourself in that setting um, like imagine that you were the leper who Jesus healed or imagine mm-hmm. that you were one of the soldiers who saw Jesus crucified that you know, that has tremendous, um, I think, effect on really internalizing the Scripture, remembering the Scripture, um, but also having an emotional response to it. Um, mm. uh, yeah, it's a definitely a w- yeah. real way to have it have an effect on you. Yeah, I always like uh, put myself in the, the boat with the disciples in the storm where Jesus is sleeping, right? Yeah. And and the storm's raging all around me, and, and so I picture myself, um, you know, whatever's going on in my life is the storm, and no matter what I'm seeing, no matter what I'm hearing, uh, you know, the the seawater crashing in around me, I'm feeling right. it, but I, no matter what, I can always look over and see Jesus, you know, sitting there just chilling in the boat, you know, right. everything's cool because he's with me and right. and so I, I go back to that story a lot to remind myself yeah that that i usually imagine that i'm the boat 
and that there's yeah, no. <laughs> you're the, you are the boat because the world is on your shoulders, right? right? Is that where you're going? <laughs> yes. Or Jesus likes to, to sleep on you. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so you can meditate on scripture. You can uh, meditate on uh, creation, on just the beauty of creation, yep. things around you. Yep. And uh, the other thing that the book suggested was current events. You could um, yeah. you know, allow God to speak to you about um, something going on in the world and just really dwell on it and try and get some fresh insight into how God would have you uh, interact with this, this new event or this concept or this thing that's going on and uh, give you some fresh insight on it in that right. sense. So, uh, anything else? Are you ready to share, Stephen? How things went? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's all. I, have. I mean, the last thing I would share is just he ends the chapter with saying meditation is a way of life. Just making it. Um, I think you mentioned it very constant. Um, having a meditation is not just a single act, um, and it, it can't be completed. And just you just can't. It's not one of those things you just check off. Completed meditation. It's uh, one of those you are constantly learning and growing um, through it. And as you yeah. dig deeper into the depths of God and the depths of yourself, I, I feel like there's so much we can learn about ourselves that we don't know on a surface level. But and you can't even check it off like uh, each day, right? right. Like if we're supposed to pray constantly, and that's what Scripture calls us to, first of all, it challenges us to understand prayer a little bit differently as something that we can do even while we're immersed in all these other things but i think the same would also be true of meditation even if it's just capturing you know three minutes in the car on the way to or from somewhere we can meditate on something we experienced or something we saw or something we heard and just uh, be intentional about going into that inner sanctuary and allowing god to speak to you there and uh and then I, i would imagine the more you do it the better you would be at popping up <laughs> on the other side and be like oh uh, you know, the lights uh, the lights green or you know or oh my kids uh, want a snack or, but I, I think it's something that we yeah you're absolutely right it's not something we can check off be like oh I've mastered this or I'm, I'm done with this for today or for the month or you know it's it's a way of life something that should be a part of our uh, rhythm of daily life. So uh, how how'd it go for you? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I've already hint- hinted at it uh, quite a bit. But, um, yeah, I did. I meditated in, since we're here at the church, I went to the sanctuary and uh, meditated for about 30, 35 minutes. And um, it actually, it's, it's, I think a lot of people might say, it's like it's getting first through all the junk of your, <laughs> there's so many things running through your head, you just, things I got to do at home, things you got to do at work, um, things, I mean, it's just so much going on in your head before you even get to the process of calming down. It's, um, you don't realize how much your thoughts rush until you actually have to sit still. Uh, I mean, I've heard, I've talked to some people before who like, they don't want to sit still or sit in silence because you just don't know what awaits you <laughs> in that silence, what, what kind of voices, sure. um, what kind of things will pop up. Um, but after a while, I was able to kind of get through that and just, uh, for me, it's going to be, I guess it's going to be different for everyone. Um, but for me, I just kind of thought about different memories of the past and um, different places where the Lord has brought me from and the things that he's done in my life, the people who have been in my life. Um, and then kind of really centered on like God's influence has been super consistent through my life. Um, and I'm kind of at that age at 
what, 31 now. <laughs> so I'm kind of at that age that really um, childhood is just becoming more and more in the rearview mirror. And For sure, yeah. Adulthood is getting up there. Right, yeah, yep. thanks. More gray hairs now on my beard. and Yeah, yeah. there are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that no one can see on the podcast, so that's good. That's why we chose podcasts over video because um, – that's we why both. these masks are going to stay in style for a long <laughs> right. time to come. Yeah. Right. We yeah. both, Paul and I both have pretty ugly faces. So Yeah. Sorry um. to break it to you. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, I and mean, I think it, it creates a, a sense of humility too and, and a sense of recentering and focus um, after just, yeah, it, again, it, I think it just really makes me, I'm kind of an emotional guy a little bit, so um, it's I mean, I don't cry at everything, but I think it does make me more emotional when I think of what the Lord's done throughout my life. He's been the consistent, consistent anchor and um, consistent because even throughout my life, I've changed. Everything around me has changed. Everything's changing other than the Lord. He's been the constant um, a mix amongst all the change. So, um, but yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think coming out of it really did have a... Um, effect and kind of slowed me down and really appreciate um, a sense of gratitude for my life and where it is today and what the Lord's doing and yeah so that's kind of summary yours cool. yeah so um, so if I'm being totally honest here uh, my attempt at meditation was an utter failure <laughs> um, and I think uh, if I'm looking for reasons other than the fact that I was really attempting it um, legitimately for the first time, maybe ever, but at least in a long time. Yeah. Uh, partly, I think, because of where I chose to do it, and partly because I didn't give it enough time. Uh, restroom? Yeah, the restroom. Oh, is, okay. No. no, that's actually my favorite <laughs> place uh, to. I never considered it meditation, but uh, I, I was uh, walking. I was I was out in nature. I, I love the outdoors, and and I thought, you know, what better place to really connect with God? Uh, so I thought, you know, I go walking in the metro parks and uh, see what comes to me. You know, just uh, focus on the everything I'm seeing around me, and you know how God is is kind of imprinted in, in everything, and His beauty, His creativity, His power. Uh, so that was what I was hoping was going to happen. Um, <clears throat> my my first uh, well, I just say my first few minutes. Basically, the whole time was what you described your your first part <laughs> to me. Mm. Like, <clears throat> so I I very ignorantly went into meditation just thinking that I have to like if if I'm going to be successful, I got to think harder. I got to think deeper. So I started walking down the path and I looked around at the trees and I was like, all right, Paul. You know, you need to have a deep thought about these trees. <laughs> you need to just think really hard and and reflect on those leaves or or the snow on the ground. And I think I was trying too hard instead mm -hmm. of just letting it come to me because I felt like I needed to pick one object or one concept and stick to it. And then that was where I, I fell again because I. I couldn't. I couldn't. My, you know, my mind always kind of bounces all over the place, and uh, it's one of the reasons that I, it, it, when I go to sleep at night, I always have to have something to distract my brain, or else I, I can never get it to stop. Uh, my brain has a, a mind of its own. <laughs> Do you like what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you usually watch that Steelers Browns game? That no. <laughs> 
No, no, it's a, yeah, there are different reasons I might watch that, but uh, not to put me to sleep. It would not have that, that effect on me. You know, but it, yeah, I was walking down the path and I just kept, my mind just kept going all over the place, uh, you know, what I needed to do today. Uh, you know, my, my belly was rumbling. I was hungry. You know, I was worried about the time. Like, I got to get back to, um, back to what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I started, you know, paying too much attention to the people that I was walking past or, you know, the, the squirrel that was uh, running through the snow. So I, Chasing I, you. Yeah, <laughs> the squirrel was chasing me <laughs> through the woods. Yeah, <laughs> it ended really badly, all I can say. Um, but, you know, I think, like I said, my, my mistakes were, one, uh, maybe for me, maybe the w way my brain works, I'm wired. I, I need to even uh, work harder to avoid distraction, like uh, just put myself in a, a quiet um, and secluded space, maybe even uh, close my eyes and just shut out everything entirely. Maybe that would give me more hope to, to have mm -hmm. success. Um, you know, maybe I just need more time to uh, allow myself to calm and my brain to stop racing and, and just uh, to really just be present in the moment. Um, but that, that was my experience and it was disappointing. Um, and, you know, with other things in life that I I failed so miserably at, I might look at myself and say, well, I'm, I'm never doing that again. You know, the last thing I want to do is try that again. But I think it gave me the opposite feeling with this. I feel like I was so frustrated with myself and discouraged that I couldn't manage a, you know, a 15-minute time of just dwelling on God's beauty. I was so frustrated with myself that I know right now, I know without a doubt, it's something I need to work on. It's Because it, it would benefit my prayer life, just this whole, what we've been talking about, my, my inner peace and... and uh, you know, pour into that inner sanctuary that I'm trying to build, right? It's it just, um, it's not healthy. And, and I feel like I'm such a product of the world we live in, and, and this uh, proves it. So I got I to gotta go back to the, you know, drawing board and, and give it another attempt mm -hmm. uh, in the coming days yeah. and see where it goes. Um, but I want I want to be better at it, and I want that experience. So I'm yeah. going to keep keep fighting for yeah. it. And I think, I think a lot of us will have the... Since, like I mentioned earlier, we've talked about it, have that busyness. Uh, it's just like we live in a in a society where it's like if you're not doing something, if you're not contributing, then you're like, then you're not, there's no value, you know? Right. Which is, which is ironic, though, because our, our society also values television, and we just sit there and watch. We'll watch something, but to, like, disengage and not watch anything feels like you're not doing nothing. So uh, there's a there's a weird irony there but um yeah i think it's definitely that's working past that like i'm going to and that's 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 really how i feel too about prayer because you said there's a lot of overlap mm -hmm. it's like with prayer it's like this is actually something that's very very valuable and practical to my day-to-day -day needs it's not something that i have to get out of the way and it's it really it's really kind of a switching our thinking like we have to really dig deep to see prayer is important for everyday things it's not something i need to rush through um and it, so it, it's just and i've also realized i think you also said this too like i've tried to like not trap prayer like i can only pray in my bedroom i can only pray here like how right. about i pray like driving or i pray like i 
I love taking photographs. I love going out in the metro parks, and that's kind of for me. It's kind of meditative, really, mm -hmm. uh, to be honest. But praying during that, or um, another thing, I've really I thought this is pretty neat is. So I have two young kids, and they're bouncing off the walls all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it can be really difficult. Um, but I've realized that when so like when they fall asleep, they usually have their lights on. So I go in to turn the lights off, and just to see my kids sleeping really has an effect on me. I'm like, wow, they're just you see their uniqueness, how precious they are, and you really feel that love for them when you see them sleeping. And, and there's times where I've just prayed at their bed while they're sleeping um, because the busyness has settled down. They've settled down finally. <laughs> so, um, And I've settled down, and you just have that moment where you, you see them so peaceful and serene. And, um, and, and if you're a parent, I challenge this to not in a creepy way stand over <laughs> your kids. <laughs> so you have teenagers, and they wake up and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, um, but it, even you don't have to go in their room and look at it, but like just praying from while they're, while they're sleeping. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of something that I thought of. So Yeah, I'm, gl I'm glad you shared that because that's actually uh, something that's always been valuable for me. And, and I've had that experience, same experience with is watching my kids sleep and just that sense of uh, peace and, and just un undistracted, uh, you know, pure love, just watching them um, be at a, a complete state of peace. Uh, maybe it helps, you know, <laughs> that they're not talking. Maybe it's easier to love people when they're not talking. I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. But, yeah, thanks for sharing that because I'm, I'm right on yeah. uh, right on cue with you there. Yeah. So uh, so meditation is uh, in the books, although i got to keep working at it, so I'll keep coming back to it. I think you'll see a lot of overlap with where we're going in the next couple of weeks uh, with, with some of the disciplines yet to come. And so we'll continue to dig more deeply into this, this concept of uh, you know, searching the inner self. And I think you hit on something important earlier, Stephen, when you talked about how people sometimes seem like they're afraid to uh, be alone, afraid to engage their inner self because uh, they're afraid of what, they're f what they'll find or um, afraid they'll recognize that right. they really have no control or <laughs> no, right. no or sense of who they are. A lot of, sometimes we're always... Be but we could talk about this forever, but sometimes we can be bottling up hurt or past abuses or pains. Or I mean, yeah, that's what silence brings a lot of that to the surface, stuff that we're trying to push aside. It could bring out fears and insecurities. So it's it's a scary thing to do to sit and be yeah, meditative and quiet. But then again, it's also something that a lot of times needs to be done. But. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, it just reinforces for me how important it is that we we spend some time on right. these and, and dig into them. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, Steve, I mentioned a little a little bit ago that we both have ugly faces. So I don't know if there's anybody <laughs> listening. I just pictured all these all these uh, members of our audience that had latched onto the podcast just because they thought there were these two cute guys <laughs> at the other end. <laughs> And now they're all gone. But for those who are still with us, uh, we'll, we'll sign out for today. Um, it's been fun. We're going to continue. we got uh, at least four more weeks of this. i got to check the schedule. Four more weeks of this. And uh, in the meantime, stay connected with the, the sermon series here at church. And I hope you're engaged in the the study uh, book as we study that. And it piggybacks with the sermon series as well. 
and our Sunday morning opportunities as they seem to be constantly changing I think are settled in for the moment at least with the 8:30 parking lot service uh, 10 o'clock and 11:30 in person here at the church with the uh, Sunday school for the kids and and uh, the youth in the mix as well and then of course you can continue to stream the 11:30 service from home uh, so that's the update any closing remarks Stephen nope Wow sorry <laughs> Put you on the spot there. I thought you'd send us out with something incredible. All right, folks, have a great week, and uh, we'll, we'll see you for the next discipline.